0: Welcome to Develop Lex, Middletech's newest series sponsored by SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate and hosted by me, Weston Lockhart, and Evan Knowles. This series will focus on the ins and outs of real estate development and investing, where we'll have the opportunity to sit down with the developers of our cities, veterans of the industry, and key people that have over time made a massive impact on communities and neighborhoods. The purpose of this series is to be able to bring a knowledge base to our audience beyond that of what reading a book or watching a how-to video ever could, and educate from those who have done it by hearing their stories, both good and bad, along the way. We feel that historically the learnings of real estate have been inaccessible without being connected, and we would love to open the doors to the next generation of doers as well as shine a light on how visions of community have been brought to life. We hope you enjoy SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate is a full-service commercial real estate firm located in Lexington, Kentucky, affiliated with the SVN International Network, which is comprised of over 1,600 advisors and staff in 200-plus offices across the globe. The SVN Stone team consists of experienced commercial real estate advisors in the heart of the bluegrass. SVN provides commercial real estate services to large corporations, middle market businesses, and individual entrepreneurial investors. Serving the greater Lexington area, SVN offers advisory services for sales, leasing, management, and development of commercial properties locally, regionally, and nationally. With a transaction volume of over $400 million, the advisors at SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate have a vast experience and deep understanding of all aspects of commercial real estate.
1: All right, everybody. We're sitting down with one of Lexington's best-known developers. He used to be a UK football player. He's a restaurateur, and if you've heard of Chatters, uh, you will be familiar with him and his work. He's also the CEO of the Greer Company. So, thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, it's great to be with you guys.
1: Let's uh, let's start with you know where you're from and your background. Start with you know where you were born and, and how you arrived to to Lexington. <laughs>
2: Well, um, I was born in Jenkins, Kentucky, in 1946. I was the first year of the baby boomers. My father was a coal miner, and I had a brother and a sister, and, and we grew up on the side of the mountain. I guess of Pine Mountain uh, in Jenkins, Kentucky. And you're you're from Jenkins. How did you how did you get to Lexington? What brought you to Lexington? <laughs> Uh, you all—you all probably heard the story of how I got here. Uh, I hitchhiked here <laughs> uh, with a with a shopping bag full of blue jeans and T-shirts, and uh, got off on the way on Winchester Road to come down the Mountain Parkway, and just got it finished about the time I come and and I walked from uh, Winchester Road uh, down the Rose Street and up uh, all the way down to the University of Kentucky, and I thought I was in heaven
1: that's a true story you you hitchhiked here just that's a true story wow okay so you ended up playing football right oh yeah had yes. you been playing football your whole life
2: yeah i was uh i was pretty successful in high school i was i was actually career journal first team all-state quarterback and uh, and i had uh, a pretty good career in other sports and basketball i had an offer to play basketball and i had an offer to play football both and, and in the end, after the first season, I finished uh, football with Charlie Bradshaw. It was kind of that was a, t- a tough run there through there. You've heard about the thin thirty. That was the year when I got there, the uh, thin thirty. But after that, it was it wasn't as brutal as it was before, but it was pretty brutal. But after that first year, uh, after the, the Monday after we had the last football game, we uh, helped her up. Came over and said he wanted me to play basketball, and I, and I, you know, I, you know, I was shaking up because I was beat all the heck. I was using the cannon part. And freshmen, when I was playing, did, didn't. They weren't eligible to play in the varsity, so they used us for practice skits. And I said, "Well, uh, coach, I I really appreciate this. I have to talk to my parents, you know, I, and I'll let you know." And he said, "Okay." So my dad's a coal miner, and we don't even have a telephone, so you know it wasn't hard it was too hard to communicate We well, never did get to talk to him so sunday come and monday come and then he sent another guy over and said are you coming or not and i said well i haven't been able to talk to my parents yet i do not like to do that and they said okay now after the next day he sent on somebody over say if you don't start monday morning your uh the deal's off the table and so I didn't have enough sense in those days, and I, I was so beat, banged up, and everything. I just, uh, it, I didn't do it. It's my life's biggest regret.
1: Hmm. And so you were, you were at UK, and what were you
2: studying? Well, my grades were horrible, and when I got there, they coaches got with me and said, "Well, you got to sign up for school. What, what college you going to go into?" And I didn't know what he was talking about. So I said, "I'll do business." Well, after that first semester, they came over and said, "You're going to PE." <laughs> so I, so I said, "Okay." So, uh, but but uh, my grades were really uh, kind of bad, and uh, and uh, my, and I didn't do well in school. I had a uh, when I was a child, I couldn't hear. I had a hearing problem. There's a thing called water on the ears, and uh, I really didn't realize what. That it was really all about until later in life all three of my children had the same thing and so um, but nowadays you got a little simple operation they put a tubes in your ears it drains your ears out and everything's good but that there were not any doctors and you'd go to a Jenkins so I couldn't sound out syllables I couldn't spell I was reading was horrible you know And and so my and I just turned out to be a terrible student so but that that condition we know now that it usually goes away in your late teens and you're they clear up and and you can go on with life and and so mine did uh, later on uh I got to the point and by the time uh, my sophomore year i w- i was a red shirt, so I stayed five years but uh, when it went away I, I started to catch up a little bit and and uh, I read a lot and try to get get my reading skills back and so on. And, and at, it took me probably till the time I got out of college to to uh, to get to the point to where I could read at a decent rate and spell. I still have problems spelling, but uh, I carry a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and so you graduated from UK, and
2: then what was next after you graduated? Well. When I was at UK, I, I got in ROTC. The Vietnam War was getting started pretty heavy when I got there, and and by the time I it was rolling when I got out. But I um, decided I, I was going to go into ROTC, and um, they paid us some money every, every month, and that was what I lived on. It was 50 bucks or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But it, with that, I go to ROTC, I go to Indiantown Gap, Pennsylvania after my fourth year through the summer to go through training. And for some reason, it turned out that that, that was what I was cut out for. I was in the top 5% of 5,000 ki- cadets. Wow. And they offered me regular Army and all these things. And, but I had another year to come back to go to school before I be commissioned. Or I was commissioned then, but I, I, before I had to go to service. So um, after uh, I come back and uh, went to school that year, and then, then after, uh, at the end of the year, I had to go to Vietnam. I was, you know, that was on my way. And my last three games that I played in uh, my fifth year, I was defense, defensive back, and uh, in the last three games I had a broken ankle. And they taped me up every game, and I, you know, I played on it. And uh and when I went to the service I flunked the physical and they kicked me out. Mm. Or nicely let me go, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but uh
0: And so life took you somewhere else?
2: Well life took me somewhere else. I didn't have any job. I you know, I did I not know what I was gonna do. I had an education degree, so I just I got hold of Roy Walton. I was his student teacher and we got along real good and he hired me in uh, Taste Creek, and, and I went over there, and we had an incredible career, and we won the city there through the, you know, uh, through the seventies and eighties, and we were one of the best teams around at that time. And at about after about seventeen years of that, I thought it's time for me to go try to make a living. I guess. Yeah, and, and that how time did you I transition? Three kids. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And and how did you transition from you know being a coach and a teacher to what was your first real estate like introduction to real estate?
2: Well, I got married uh, <clears throat> a couple of years after I was there, and Roy Walton he was entrepreneur himself in real estate, and and he decided you, in the old days if you were had an owner occupied in a real in a duplex you you get a a better interest rate, and so he wanted me to get in this half a duplex with him you know he, and so I had to find I had to find $2,500 yeah. <laughs> to do that I went down to the bank and um, had this uh, loan officer named uh, Johnson really nice guy and I was trying to borrow $2,500 and I was so backward he was trying to help me uh, and he said, he said uh, "Well, you got to have a financial statement." And I said, "Well, I don't, I don't have a financial statement." And he said, "Well, you got to have you got to have some history of paying your bills, you know, and so on." And I said, "Well, I don't I don't have any of that." He he said, "Well, I can't lend you any money if you don't have a, you know a financial history I can look at." I, he said, "How much you making?" I said, "I think I make six thousand eight hundred a year." And he said. Uh, well, I'll lend you $500, you know. So I said, I'll take it. I, built, I took the $500 and put the check in the top drawer, and my sock drawer, you know. <laughs> and um, at the end of the 30 days, I, I t- took it back to him and give, paid him $500 and put some interest with it. And I said, well, now i got a track history. He said, no, no, no. <laughs> he said, that, that, that ain't enough, you mm-hmm. know. And I said, well... How much we lend me now? He said, "I'll lend you 2000 So he lent me two thousand, did the same thing, put it in a drawer, paid it back, and went back. He, he he was kind of frustrated with me. He said, "All right, I'll let you have the money." So I had to, I got the, I got that money to put down on the on the uh, duplex and uh, and moved into it and all that. And Roy kind of tried to keep me straight, but uh, that was my first real estate venture.
0: So you got into the duplex and then what was next after that?
2: <clears throat> well, you know, I one thing one thing about me, I always felt like I could work as hard as anybody, you know, and so I'm coaching and uh teaching school and um I got a night job. I drive a tractor trailer for um Turner Expediting. and I had a route where I ran from Lexington to Corbin back to Cincinnati Airport unloaded there and loaded up another road went to Louisville and uh unloaded there and loaded back up there and then I'll come back to to uh Corbin and then I come back to Lexington and unloaded a big bunch of flowers for Earth Griksby at the time I had the keys I'd get in there about four in the morning unload that stuff put it in the walk-in coolers go home take a shower and go teach school goodness How much? How much sleep were you getting? How many hours of sleep were you getting? I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep. I I would say I did. I worked three days. I I I worked three days a week uh, where I didn't go to bed.
1: Wow! And how long were you doing that?
2: Oh, it's probably four or five years, six years, something like that. It wasn't too bad. I had enough to make. I was saving money at that time, you know. Uh, I had a, one night a week, I, I taught a DUI class in Cynthia, and I had Good to drive Christ. over there and teach
1: <laughs> Wow. And so you were saving money, I assume, to continue your career in real estate? Yeah, or? I
2: wanted to build one my own duplex. Yeah. That was what I had in mind, but I had to have some enough money to put down on it and get a loan. And, uh, and I did. And then I, I built two, and then I built four, and then I built about 50, you know, over the years. You know, and so... And that was uh, that was good. All three of my children went to University of Virginia, and that was a big number for me as a school teacher to pay for that. And so uh, I I sold all, most of all those duplexes to be able to pay those college educations. So so when out
0: of out of that when did when did the Greer Companies form? What every everybody knows is
2: the Greer Companies. When when did that come about? Well, the Greer Company started back. Uh, when I got out on my own and started building my own houses, you know, and I, I built, um, I probably built uh, about seventy, sixty-five or seventy houses through the years there, and I was teaching school at the same time. But it's one thing about doing that is is if you're a teacher, you got summers off, and and that's where the the real deal goes. And I was lucky enough to sell them all. I mean, I. Uh, actually, and it, at the end, I got so people were asking me to build a my house rather than me go build a house and sell it, you know. And so at that point, I, I started into building pretty big houses, and I got pretty good at it. And so uh, that was probably the start of Greer companies and gotcha. and uh, and then your
0: son Lee, uh, which a lot of people around Lexington know, coming back was seemingly kind of what maybe changed some of the trajectory of the career companies what all were you involved in when he when he came back
2: well when lee uh graduated he came back to lexington and um and i was building cheddar's restaurants i built the first cheddar's restaurant on taste creek road okay. there and then i had uh it was done real well and i decided that we need to do that so uh i totally i said if you want to stay here and do this i'll i'll make you my partner and so uh, he he stayed there with me Lee went to uh, I sent him to Kingsport, Tennessee I had a Cheddar's down there and I I sent him to Kingsport, Tennessee to train and he went down there and got in the dish pit started off in the dish pit and <laughs> Lee is a very smart guy all three of my kids are just out through the roof on brains opposite of me So I'm assuming my wife is one that had the brains in the family. Yeah, and so they did real well. But Lee Lee uh, liked it. He was a hard worker too, and he uh, he worked his fanny off. And we moved him around a couple of them. We built about four or five. Then we started building them all over the place. You know, we ended up building forty-five of them. And uh, when you're saying built, you
0: all were operating those. We built.
2: Well, we built them, we operated them, and owned them 100. Okay, but we uh, we had a, a pretty good run because all of them were doing well. Most of my time started out. I, I kind of got tagged with site selector. You know, I was I, I had some experience in fooling around with real estate after that for long, and and I kind of figured out what. Neighborhoods you need to be in for Cheddars, and what side of the road, and all those type of things about that, that are your hidden secrets, I guess. Yeah. But we built forty-five Cheddars, and uh, things were getting tough, such as employees. It was getting harder and harder, and and, uh, and thing it just came to a point to where I thought, man, it's time. So we made a deal. Uh, we went on the market and we made a deal with Darden, and uh, we got that done. We sold it out. We sold uh, we sold the forty five of them, and and got pretty healthy. And then and then a few a few years later, we sold the real estate to them. We were leasing to them, and we sold the real estate to them, and we got another lick. Then at that point, we uh, decided that. Uh, what he was going to do go in another direction. So, uh, Dudley was down here trying to get this thing started, and, you know, the hole in the ground. Everybody he suffered oh, yeah. for several years over that, and he had a partner or two. One of them died, and I don't know what happened to the other one, it's whatever, but uh, just things weren't going with him. I, I've known him all my life, and and uh. As a matter of fact, he was from Whitesburg. He wasn't a whole lot better than me, but I mean, that was a big town compared to Jenkins. But no, Dudley Dudley did well, and um, but anyway, he he struggled through that, and so we uh, we came in and uh, we bought uh, oh I don't know we put out about forty million dollars. We ended up with about half the deal, and we fought it out for about a year and a half or two years, and finished the job, and here we are.
1: Yeah, good. I'm glad that was built because it makes a big difference in Lexington when you walk down through downtown and <clears throat> with the Starbucks and the condos and just the business that the you potential that can bring to the town.
2: Oh, we're we're uh, we're really proud of it. It's uh you know, the hotels are just uh, magnificent and office buildings uh full uh, uh we just got a commitment from a <laughs> out of state uh, Tech tr- company, a billion dollar company. Yeah, and, uh, it's moving into their office building. So Nate Morris almost, at Rubicon. Yeah, yeah. Rubicon. Yeah. You, you already know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we uh, we we've, we've done we've we've had a pretty good run in real estate and and for a dumb uh I guess I ought to be proud of it.
1: Yeah, you definitely should. What uh, what do you love about real estate? What when you think when you look back at all the deals you've had and the change you've been able to to physically build in this region, what is it that gets you really excited about real estate? Real estate. Yeah. Or development, yeah.
2: Well, what really gets me about real estate is is that you got real estate that, that's sitting there working for you, and you don't have to be there. And, you know, you invest in it, and, and if you get good tenants and stuff, I think I'm very fortunate to have through the years we've gotten – and I don't know, 50 or 60 pieces of real estate that are generating income. And you, you got collateral. You know, you, you're paying off your debt, and you're still making a little money on the side. And and you can go on vacation if you want to. You know? <laughs> Something I never did. <laughs> so uh, I love real estate. I mean, I and I'm not really smart enough to do anything else. Well, so... Something that you keep mentioning
0: is you might not be smart enough, or you'll you'll allude to the fact that you're not smart enough, but I think you're being humble. And at least you know how to find a good deal. You talked about doing site selection for Cheddars, and it just seems like over the years you've gotten in good deals. How do you, how do you vet out deals that you've been a part of? Well. What gets you excited about a deal <laughs> besides money?
2: Well, well, money. Money is something i never had and and uh i still turn off the lights when i go out of the room and i still pick up pennies on the street and and i know that uh i got here it was tough and i don't want to go back so i mean i'm always very cautious but um i i think i i I get excited when i see a great piece of property i want and we we buy it we have a, a white oak real estate company here now that's doing real well and they help me a lot and and uh, they'll when they find a great piece of property I, they run it by me you know so uh we're buying a shopping center here this friday we're closing on and, and uh you know it, it, that might be the one that gets me but <laughs> you know i'm optimistic <laughs> yeah.
1: you've built a good team around you it sounds like
2: Listen, I got the greatest team you ever was. I mean, talking to me, you probably know this guy's a dumber than a box of rocks. So, you know, I got to have people around me, you know, and I, I have the best staff on the planet.
1: Well, it takes a smart person to understand who's smart in what areas and build an organization with all different skill sets. I think that's a talent in itself.
2: Well, if that is, I hope I got it because I tell you what, I, I, I need it. And, you know, I knock on wood every time I say something but. <laughs> But uh, but I think we feel good about it. Good,
1: and kind of to to wrap things up. What do you what do you love about Lexington, and where do you see Lexington going into the future? Because there's a lot of exciting things happening between you know the park, the rep arena renovations, Mm -hmm. the city center, and the convention center. There's a lot of things coming to Lexington. What do you love about Lexington, and where do you see it going?
2: Well, you know, I love Lexington more than life. When I was coming down that parkway, and I came look at all these horse fences, White rail fences and pretty girls driving convertibles and stuff. I, 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 I never leave this place. You know, I've got a, a home in Florida that I go down there during the wintertime, But I tell you what, I, when I die, I'm going to be planted right here. I, I think Lexington just a, a great place. It's it's located within 500 miles of two thirds of the population of the United States. You draw a circle around Lexington, Kentucky, that's where the action is. Uh, I've been trying to get them to finish that mountain parkway and put a high-speed road there up to my hometown in Jenkins, and then when they put another high-speed road over to I-90-81 right there, you can be in New York City in four hours. And Anyway, I think when we get somebody smart enough that'll get that figured out, I think Kentucky will blow and go. You asked me about the economy. I think the economy is going to come out of the chute here pretty soon. I'd say another 30 or 45 or 60 days, it's going to rock and roll. And that's my hillbilly opinion.